0: Welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're here. Uh, Raining again. Have a hard time praying against rain, though. Rain's a blessing from God, but we're just getting a lot of it right now. Steve, my guitar player, and I were talking, you know, it's just extreme weather. What does that mean? That means the end is near. The end is near. Can you not see what's happening in our world? The world turning from God, earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars. The end is near. And I want to encourage you just for a minute. I want to really encourage you. You guys did so great last week, um, Easter Sunday. What a, what a great Sunday it was. I am, I am a big numbers person, but I don't dwell on numbers when it comes to growing the church or finances, even though I do look at it and I do pray over it and I do want us to grow. But we really uh, had, a, had a plan over the last four weeks, and that was to fish and to catch fish, and to bring people in to the church, and to invite them back to their home church, just to, just to engage, the church to engage our city. And we had, we had a record number of people Sunday morning by more than 100. Our previous record was 403, our number Sunday was 518. You know, I don't, want, I don't want to get hung up on that, but at the same time, you need, you need to be encouraged, but also be encouraged that we had about 10 to 15 salvations. That, that, is, that, that has a large part of what you did. It's God. We give the glory to God, but you fished, and God was faithful. God was faithful. And I want to encourage you. We've got Mother's Day next week. People will come to church. No, I don't have Mother's Day invite cards, but we've got our regular invite cards. Keep doing it. Don't let this fizzle out. You know, this morning, I I try to go every morning before I pick up uh, one of the musicians. I try to go to the uh, uh, convenience store and pick up a newspaper. My wife likes to have a Tennessean, so I go and pick up a newspaper. And I want to confess to you. I was supposed to invite this guy to church last Sunday, and I didn't. I thought the guy's working on Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. He's not going to come. I'm just not going to waste his time or my time. So this morning I got out my little invite card and I thought, you know what? Whatever. I'm just going to toss it out there. God, it's up to you. I didn't get any great response. I didn't get a negative one. I just handed it and said, here, here's my two dollars. He knew what I wanted. You want your paper? Yep. Here's my two dollars. And come to my church. He said, great, thanks. That's it. Done my part. Done my part. Get those things in your hand. What you don't realize is, do we want our nation to turn? Inviting them to church is not our nation turning. But it's a part that we play in that what we offer here, in my opinion, is the presence of God, the power of God. We're not sitting here playing a game. You come here, and you're dealing with sin. You're probably going to leave stirred. My intention is not always to make you feel good. My intention in worship is not always to make you feel good, even though worship should make you feel good. My intention is for us to to come together into the presence of the Lord and to allow the Lord to do what he wants to do in our lives. That's my intention today in the songs that we sang this morning. Glory to God forever. It's about him. We have come into this place to lift him up. You may think you've come in here for you. Nope, we've come in here for him. And out of us coming for him do we receive and out of you serving this church and pouring yourself out according to scripture will the Lord bless you so inviting them to church yes is a way to help turn our nation maybe they go back to their home church praise God maybe they turn their heart back to the Lord that's the nation turning people going to church is not a nation turning but it does help People get around the presence of the Lord long enough. It will affect them. And I want to encourage you. Keep fishing. Keep fishing. Don't stop. Don't stop. Um, next, this coming Wednesday night, I'm, I've got the opportunity to go and preach at Cumberland Presbyterian. If you remember, uh, Perrin Rice came and spoke at our church about two months ago. It was in February. Um, let me tell you, it brought the house down. It was so good. I so um, received from his word. And he's invited me back to go back and speak at that church. We will still have service. Pastor Robert Owens, our new ordained pastor for the Lord. He's working. I don't know where he is, but he's working. He's somewhere, running around here somewhere. But uh, he'll be speaking. And, and uh, please come out. If you want to come out and support Cumberland Presbyterian, come out there. I'll be speaking over there. We'd love to have you there. But uh, don't, don't when the, uh, the mice will play when the cat's, are, when the cat's away. Don't, don't do that. Y'all come. Still participate in what we offer. Pastor Rob will have a good word. Um, worship will be good always when Miss Tammy leads worship. It's always very powerful and uh, very anointed. And I just want to encourage you, be here Wednesday night. Um, all right. Now, have you ever noticed... That the heavier load you got, the worse gas mileage you get. <laughs> and I don't just mean in your car. <laughs> you, you know, the more you carry, the more it takes to carry, right? Does that make sense? The more effort it takes. I'm starting a series today called No Gas in the Tank, but it's basically learning how to lighten your load. How many of you are carrying a full load? And I don't mean that physically, even though we do that too. We don't want to carry such a huge load that we run out of gas. You know, last week, the week of Easter is a busy week for me. I know that each of you in your job has some week or some month or some time that's just a huge time in your life, a huge time in your year. You know, all the preparation that went in for me with even the invitations and the sermon prep, the worship prep, The stage remodel. I mean, of all times, to have all that stuff going on, I mean, we are just running in every direction. And doesn't the stage look good? Amen. We're so thankful. But man, what a week to do that. Physically and emotionally, it drains me that that week does, along with Elizabeth. Just like your car gets overloaded, your car drains you out of gas very quickly. You know what? Some of us, some of you are really on overload. I know it. I know you. You're overloaded physically. You're overloaded emotionally. Some of you are overloaded relationally. You're overloaded with your work. You're overloaded with school. You're overloaded with your kids or health issues or finances. Pick one. Or maybe one of you could say, all of them. Check, check, me. Physically relationally, kids, money, you name it, work, yes, that's me, and they load you down, maybe you can relate to what a pastor wrote in to another pastor, it said, dear pastor, I can't remember the last time I felt refreshed and rested, my life has been on overload for years, there are too many expectations, too many responsibilities, too many activities, and too many decisions, it all just seems like it has to be done immediately I often feel like I'm sticking my finger in the dam but I don't have enough fingers to stop the leaks I'm tired of always rushing to the next activity even after a night's sleep I feel drained and fatigued Can anybody relate to that? when I look around I see that that feeling is not unique everybody's overloaded nobody has any margin in their life everybody's trying to do too much We don't have time to do what's most important because every moment is packed. This is madness. It can't be God's will for our life. I really want to learn how to rest and relax in God's plan. Not just for my own health, but because I can see that my kids are learning the same crazy lifestyle. Amen? Can we relate? It's not just me, is it? Are we not all running like crazy? When I read the last sentence, you know, it began to haunt me. And we're doing this series on two different reasons. I'm doing this because I want our church to be healthy. The last thing we want to do is play a game and be unhealthy. Be dying. Be drying up. I want us to be healthy. I want us to be healthy spiritually, relationally, financially, emotionally. I want us to be healthy physically in every area of this church in our lives. That's why we take time to do this because I'm your pastor and because I care for you and I care for this church But also I care for the next generation You know what it's our job To teach the next generation what they learn they learn from us What we've learned we've learned from our parents I do what my parents do doesn't mean I haven't taken it to the next level I certainly have in good ways and bad ways but we don't want our kids to learn this same crazy lifestyle, growing up with too much stress. How many of you know teenagers have stress? Younger than teenagers have stress. I can remember being in elementary school and not having a care in the world. I re- I've thought many times as an adult what it would be like to go back to that day. You know, getting waking up and just not having any responsibility and how good it was. And how the whole world was all about me, I thought. Then we grow up and realize it's not. We still want it to be, but it's not. You know, kids are learning to be workaholics at an early age. We're not modeling for our kids' balance and health. And children are dying for healthy models. Kids are growing up learning to be stressed out and overloaded and running on empty at younger and younger ages. And you know what? In their mind, it's normal. Mom and dad's stressed out. I should be stressed out. The Bible, in the Bible, there was a guy who really understood overload. And it's Job. Job chapter 6. If my misery could be weighed, or what does that mean? If my load, if my burden that I'm carrying could be weighed, and if you could pile the whole bitter load on the scales... It would be heavier than all the sand of the sea. Is it any wonder I'm screaming like a caged cat? That's the message translation. Doesn't that say it good? Isn't that saying, I am holding the world on my shoulders. If you weighed all the problems I've got, it would weigh more than the sand in the sea. That guy's on overload, isn't he? That guy's burning out. That guy's running on empty. Jesus summarized the secrets of stress management in three simple sentences. And we're going to look at those those sentences in this series. And I'm telling you, you can go and read all the self-help books you want. You can go to conferences. You You can do everything that you want in the world. But if you'll stick to these three sentences, it will reduce your stress for good. Better than any books, seminars, tapes, conferences, pills. Better than any of those things it can give you. This statement of strategy from Jesus Christ will reduce your stress. And I'm really glad you're here today because if you'll receive this, it will change your life. Let me encourage you, the amount of stress in your life won't go down. It just won't bother you. We're not getting away from responsibility. We're not getting away from things happening. We're going to learn how to deal with it. Forgive me, I got a little tickle in my throat. It's it's just not going to bother you. You know, I can't control the circumstances that are going to happen in your life. These are stresses in life, but you don't have to be stressed out by it. You don't have to be overloaded by it. I carry an enormous amount of responsibility, but I don't get stressed out about it. Why? Because I don't carry it. Guys, I am very sorry, but I'm going to have to find me a cough drop. Do I have one in my cup down there? Thank you. I don't want one out, out of your pocket. <laughs> you ever had one out of a pocket and it's stuck and it's uh, it's like, eh. Not, not Pastor Stevens. I've never had one out of his pocket, but I've had one out of mine. And I can barely eat one out of mine. And then if it's been there a while, it gets chewy and No, thank you. Thank you for your help, but... You ever feel like that, a cough drop that's been in somebody's pocket for a while? (coughs) Excuse me. I don't carry it. You know, the Lord has really blessed me in a sense that I don't... I carry responsibility, but... um, The Lord's graced me for the position I'm in not to get too bent out of shape. Now, everybody would say, those that work with me would say, I get pretty bent out of shape. Well, that's on the outside. You don't know what's going on on the inside. Usually, I can can hold it together pretty good, and I feel like that's the Lord blessing me. But I believe it's this scripture that helps me. If we can learn these three principles, these three essentials that Jesus summarizes in these verses, if you do them, I believe it can be a turning point in your life. Dealing with stress, worry, tensions, problems that you carry in your life. Pastor, why are you going down this road? I believe that our church is trying so hard to walk according to His Word. I believe that we are making a turning point as a body to do the right thing, to serve Him, to serve Him as a church, as a body to participate together, to worship together. Our worship is increasing. Our numbers are increasing. Our finances are increasing. Our spirit is increasing. Our attitudes are increasing. Now what's going to come with that? Responsibility, stress, pressure. And we've got to be able to handle it. (coughs) Goodness, sorry. The last thing we want to do is be given an opportunity and blow it. In the five years I've preached, I don't think I've ever gotten to where I'm at right now. I don't, I'm not, a, I'm a, please. In the 19 years, <coughs> in, and I wasn't sick. I've not coughed at all today. In the 19 years Elizabeth and I have been married, it'll be 19 years in June, she and, ever, she and I have never gotten sick at the same time. And we both got this stomach bug after Wednesday night service, Went Thursday morning, I got it at 4 a.m., she got it at 4.30. By 6 o'clock, Ruth Ann had it. By noon, Pete had it. The previous week, Sarah Bette had it. We can just give her the thankfulness that she gave it all to us. And Rita Marie hasn't gotten it. In the name of Jesus, you're not going to get it. Nothing like a stomach bug going through the house. Nothing like it. It's everywhere you look, it's everywhere you smell, it's everywhere. (coughs) Goodness, Lord, help me. Mm. All right, let's get into the scripture. Let's just quit leading in and let's go. Matthew 28, come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. I will give you what? Does he say I will give you more to do? come to me and i'll give you more to do no that's not what it says he says i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me because i'm gentle and humble in spirit and you will find rest for your souls for the yoke i will give you is easy and the load i will put on you is light i know i know if you've been serving the lord you know the scripture but the problem is we go numb to it and we get into our day and we forget the Lord. Join the crowd. You're not anti God, we just forget. We just forget. We think of everything else to try to try to put a remedy on it. But we leave God out. There are three important words. If you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to this scripture of Matthew eleven. What are these words in stress management that will change your life? They are come, take, and learn. Come, take, and learn. Let's look at the first one, what Jesus says. If you want to lower the stress in your life, what is step one? Come to Jesus. And it's not just a salvation message. I want you to know I need to have come to Jesus moments all throughout my day. If not, I lean on my own understanding. If not, I lean on my own knowledge, which is not very good. I'm not a dumb person. I'm, I'm educated, but my my education, my knowledge has limits. It's limited. It's not all knowing. It's not perfect. God's is. God says, "Come to me." The very first step. You know, people come to Jesus for a lot of different reasons. <coughs> Justin said, let's just come to church and let's worship and let's just lay on the floor and let's just be in the presence of God. I think he heard something. I think, I think he heard the Lord. <laughs> I said, Justin, it may just be me and you doing it. He said, that's okay with me. <clears throat> he was trying to tell me. <clears throat> well, what would you do if you came to church and people were just laid out in the floor? <laughs> You know, there, there is scripture that says that when the presence of the Lord comes, sometimes the ministers can't even preach. And I'm not saying that's what's happening here. i got a thing in my throat. Maybe it is. But why do people come to Jesus? Help me finish, Lord. Help me finish. People come to Jesus, why? To ask him a question. People come to Jesus to be healed. People come to Jesus because they're upset. They've got a conflict. They've got a problem. They want advice. They want eternal life. But did you know what Jesus said to come to him for? rest. The church needs rest. I bet you never thought of that. I bet we just come to Jesus just to answer our prayers for encouragement. Jesus has come to me for rest. It's a special kind of rest. What kind of rest is it? It's soul rest. Did you catch that in Matthew 11? Because I'm gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your soul. It is genuine rest. That's the deepest kind of rest that you need. You can't make it in life without soul rest. You will go nuts. You'll fall apart. You'll throw in the towel. Your soul has to have rest, much, much deeper than physical rest. You know, the biggest source of stress is not in your muscles. Even though we need exercise for our muscles, even though our muscles need worked out, we get flabby. So the issue is not tired muscles. What is it? It's a tired mind. It's tension. It's worry. It's fear. It's anxiety. It's guilt. It's resentment. It's the things that you think of over and over that you can't let go. Let me ask you a personal question. How do you de stress? (laughs) You cat lovers ought to love me today. (laughs) I had you in mind. How do you unwind? When you're stressed out, how do you unwind? How do you de stress yourself? What do you do when you're exhausted and unloaded? What's your first choice? Maybe you'd say, I go to a movie. Maybe it's let's go out to dinner. I don't want to cook tonight. Or maybe you've got a hobby. Maybe you want to go golfing. Or you want to go throw Frisbee golf or go bowling or whatever you might like to do. Or you have some kind of recreation that gives you relaxation. Or maybe you say, I want to take a nap. They're all good. But they will never give you rest for your soul. You can take all the naps in the world, but it's not going to distress you in the soul region it'll give you rest for your body but it won't rest your spirit your soul none of these can rest your soul only one thing can rest your soul jesus god can rest your soul he can give you inner peace that removes stress the bible says in isaiah chapter 40 verse 29 he says, he gives, you pa- he gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He offers strength to the weak. Verse 31, those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. If you've got your Bibles to this, I would encourage you, circle, wait on the Lord. The anecdote to overloaded soul is to wait on the Lord. What does that mean? If you're stressed out, you know what? The answer's not a plan. And I'm a plan type of person. It's not a purpose, it's not a priority, it's not a program, it's not a philosophy It's not a pill It's a person The anecdote to stress is not time management It's a person Jesus says, come to me He doesn't even say, come to church He says, come to me He doesn't say, come to a Bible study Don't come to a small group Do go to a small group, don't get that wrong but that's not where your stress is going to be relieved. Your stress is relieved in your relationship to Jesus Christ. It's God. He says, "Come to me." What does that mean? It means what you really need more than anything else is more time alone with God. Wait a minute, pastor. More time? More time? How many of you have have free time that you don't realize you have? Driving in the car, in the shower, at work in your cubicle, whatever you may do. You have time. You have time. Maybe it's at lunchtime. Maybe it's 30 minutes getting up early in the morning or 30 minutes before you go to bed. Do you want the stress out of your life? It's going to take an effort on your part. (laughs) Those who wait on the Lord renew their strength. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? Now, I know that there's two meanings that I like to teach out of. But today, it's just waiting. It's just being quiet. Quiet. It's being still before the Lord. You know how I like to do this? I like to go out of my office and just walk around. Why? Because my phone, the phone in the office won't ring. Nobody will come in my office. I can, not, I can choose to not answer my cell phone and it can just be quiet and I have to watch myself because I want to pray and I want to map out my day and I'll just be quiet and say Lord what do you want to say to me today I want to spend some time with you today it may just be 10 minutes and that's not enough but sometimes that's all I got and you know what sometimes that's all I need what do you have to say And you know what never have I got a lightning bolt that struck me down that said you must do this never Every now and then, you know, I've gotten the Lord get, drop me little ideas about songs and about direction, but usually what comes is a thought, is an idea, is a direction. Just about the still small voice in my head, it's not any, anything weird. Have you ever been driving down the road and you just get some quirky idea? When you spend time with God, they will not be quirky ideas. They will be ideas from the Lord. Do you know when you ask him to speak, he'll speak? You know what his word says? Let those that have ears to hear, hear. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying. It's God's will. It's his desire for him to speak into your life. But how how can he speak into your life when we don't listen? And to listen means to be quiet. You know when your child's not listening when they're still talking. Have you ever tried to talk to your child and they're still talking? They're not hearing you. They're more, they're more important, it's more important for them to be heard than to hear. What does a child have to learn? Be quiet. Let mommy and daddy talk for just a minute. What does a child in kindergarten have to learn at at kindergarten for the first week? The world does not revolve around me. Mama, please take me back home. Please come get me. School's awful. They make me sit down. They make me be quiet. They make me do work. I have entered hell. (laughs) Is that not the truth? You come out of the womb and you start to realize world's not all about me. It starts off all about me. I can cry and get everything I want. And then all of a sudden my crying doesn't get hurt as much anymore. Then it gets hurt even less. Then I start getting in trouble for the crying. What is wrong with the world? God, you made me to cry. No, I didn't. I made you to control yourself. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. What's the job of a parent? Teach your kids self-control. I've arrived in hell. What do we do? Those who wait on the Lord, you've got to learn to be quiet before you can learn. We've got to be quiet and listen to the Lord. Do you know who all has thoughts? You have thoughts. Satan has thoughts. God has thoughts. Who are we listening to? Who are we listening to? Who are you listening to? Sometimes I'll just sit there. And a thought will come, sometimes I'll be in my car and my wife will argue, this isn't very often, but I'll shut my radio off. Usually it's just by myself. I finally just heard enough radio and I'm just sitting there thinking, you know what it is, is my soul's crying out. What I'm getting out of these tunes is not doing it and the Lord's saying, no, you don't want that, shut it off and listen to me. I'll give you the ideas. I'll give you the ideas that'll work. I'll give you the ideas that'll change people's lives. You know what, where do we we get that from sometimes? You've got to read your Bible. You've got to pray. That's talking to God and letting him talk to you. But what I'm talking about is being quiet. Most people don't know how to be quiet. We've got to have the radio on. And I'm a victim of this. Miss Tammy would even tell you she likes in worship sometimes for it just to get quiet. As a pastor, I'm like, everybody's wondering, where are they going next? I'm wondering. Well, we better do something. It's quiet. Somebody turn something on. Turn a music on. Turn a video on. Do something. We can't stand to be quiet. Why? Because we become uncomfortable. This makes me uncomfortable. What would we do if we just stopped for five minutes and be quiet? I'm not going to do that, but Why not right where you sit right now? Just be quiet and say, Lord, speak to me. When you get in your car this afternoon, when you're by yourself, just take a moment. When you're mowing your grass, Lord, speak to me. It's a great time. We don't handle silence very well. You know, there is, there's air pollution, but there's also noise pollution. Sometimes you need to shut it off. You know, it says in Scripture, it says in Matthew chapter 6, it says, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Isn't that something? How we want sometimes to, people to hear our prayers or hear what we have to say all the time. Look, look right here. Have you ever thought about what people think about your prayers? You've just prayed a prayer. Maybe you've never prayed in public. Maybe you have. And you get done praying, you're praying and you think, I wonder how they would rate that prayer. Would that be a nine? Would that be a five? You know, I wonder how people take that. How many of you have ever ministered and walked away and just completely got accused by Satan that you missed it completely? What I just did was the dumbest thing ever. That's the dumbest thing. No, it isn't. That's Satan trying to rob you of your testimony, trying to rob you of your ministry. What does it say here? It says find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honest as you can imagine, and the focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. This is his word. This is Matthew 6 from the message. If your intention will be to be before the Lord and to listen to him, just get before him and be quiet and let him do his part. Amen? Maybe you've never done that before. I want to encourage you this week, try it. Maybe you've done it, but you've not done it in weeks, in months. When you're overloaded, the most important book in the Bible for you to read is Philippians. I want to encourage you, if you're really battling, if you're really overloaded, go to Philippians. Because you know what Philippians is about? It's about joy. It's a book about having struggles, but learning to have joy through those pain and struggles and stress. Why don't we listen to Jesus more often as I close? Why don't we listen? Why don't we turn to him? Why don't we come to him? We come to everything else. Even if you're a believer for the first believer, your first choice when you're stressed isn't quiet time with God. I guarantee you. I guarantee you it's not. It's those other things that I mentioned. What does he say? He says, cry out to me. He says, call out to me. Talk to me. You know what his word says? Cast your burdens upon me. Cast your burdens on the Lord, for he cares for you. Cry out to God. Romans 8, verse 15. says, the spirit of God has given, the spirit that God has given you does not make you slaves. What does that mean? You don't have to be afraid of God like a master, like a, like a slave driver. The spirit that God has given you does not make you slaves and cause you to be afraid, Instead, the Spirit makes you God's children. When my children come to me, I want them, I want to see them. I want to be with me. And what does it say at the end of the verse? And by the Spirit's power, we may cry out to God, Father, my Father. If you're running on empty this weekend, the first thing to do is to come to Jesus. Cry out to God. Not a pill, not a program, not a plan, but a person. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me, all who are stressed out, and I will give you rest. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just give you thanks for this morning. Lord, I just thank you that you give us the way out of a stress filled life. Lord, the amazing thing is, is you're waiting for us. You're waiting for us to come to you. You are such a good father that you will wait until we come. And Lord, when we come, you answer. Church, I want to encourage you. The prayer today is not, Lord, give me rest. The prayer today is, Lord, I come to you. You see, the answer to that prayer is rest. Rest. The Lord says, I have a plan for you to have rest. And that is for you to come to me. The kingdom plan for you to have rest is for you to come to him. Just right where you sit, you may be struggling so bad with your schedule, so bad with your relationships. You may be so stressed out that you don't even know that you want to get up tomorrow morning. This message today is for you. Cry out to the Lord. Come to Jesus. Spend quiet time with him this week. You may be here this morning and you say, Pastor, I've never received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Would you do that today? If you'll confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. If you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Would you confess with your mouth? What does that mean? You just say, Jesus, I need you. I desire for you to be Lord and Savior of my life. And believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead. Will you believe in the Lord today? You will be saved. Right where you sit, just pray that prayer. Come into my heart, Jesus. I need you. Would you stand with me? Those that are ministering, would you step out? We want to give you an opportunity for prayer. You know what? You may be so stressed out that you just want someone to pray with you today. Well, if you step out this morning, we will pray according to God's word, according to his will. And I believe when you come to the Lord, he will give you rest. He will give you the answer that you need. Step out this morning and let us pray for you. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's a physical issue. Maybe it's a relational issue. Maybe it's a job issue. Step out. Let us pray with you. As we sing this morning. Amen.